All right, hello everybody. It's time for the Wrestling Weather Willie's podcast. We're a little bit late compared to like uh, whenever the pay per view actually happened, but like you know, life gets in the way and shit. But like uh, we're talking about Double or Nothing 2021 edition, and uh, like and it's kind of funny how it's fitting too. We might as well talk about the latest releases that just happened where I think it was this morning that they released a bunch of uh, people where it was certain people. I was surprised that they got rid of like Braun Strowman and uh, Alistair Black. I'm like, I wasn't really super surprised about Alistair Black getting uh, released mostly because Lena Vega got released like, I don't know, like eight months before that or something like that. It was in November. So like it was like six or eight months apart. But it was kind of weird knowing that Lana, Braun, and uh, Alistair were all on TV not even two or three weeks before they got released. (laughs) Like I think Lana just was on Raw and she lost the tag team match. And it's like, yep, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, I was wondering. It was it's interesting, but like Braun was on Backlash, but then he wasn't on Raw the next night. Yeah, which is so it was like weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, the one thing that gets me, okay, so like half of these make sense because you haven't seen them on TV in forever. Like Murphy, yeah, like Murphy Ruby Riot, and I don't even that. know who Santana Garrett is. She was in, uh, I don't remember if she was in the first Mayon Classic, but she was at least in the second one, I think. She uh, she was in there, and then they had her on NXT for the longest time. And I don't think they really highlighted her a whole lot anyway. I think she was only on matches here and there. So I'm not really surprised that they got rid of her, too. Yeah, Just, yeah. Be, just because they weren't really using her, same like uh, with Murphy and shit. It's like, I'm not really surprised, and it's good on him anyway, because now I could probably fucking do something. But the main one was Braun, though. I was like, what the hell? They just highlighted him, and then they released him already. I know, uh, and, and That took you as money-related, though. Yeah, it has to be money-related. I mean, it's like the same thing with the Good Brothers, where they were talking about that they gave them big contracts, and then they were released. And then, so they were just shocked around the time. So it has to be money-related. But also, at the same time, they must be trying to do something uh, if they keep coming out with releases now that... Maybe it's possible that they're trying to sell it to whoever and they're trying to get it to a certain degree, I guess. Like, try, like maybe NBC's thinking about buying it out. That I, think, I think I can envision WWE being sold soon. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm I, saying. The only difference the, is that it, maybe it would be good if, like, Vince wasn't the owner. <laughs> And they could actually do something better than what they've been doing lately. Well, I was just talking to a friend of mine earlier uh, that uh, I think WWE needs to go away from this PG bullshit. Because I think what AEW's looking for one is the fact if you watch AEW, and we're talking about it now, but they're flipping the camera off. They're saying shit during their promos. They're saying yeah. any words that they want to, and I think that's what people that are actually watching want to see. Yeah, WWE well, yeah, is kind of WWE is stale as bleeding right now. They're bleeding. One of the best matches I've seen this year was Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, and it was mainly due to the fact that you don't see girls bleeding. <laughs> you Which, know, we'll, ever we'll talk about that a little bit like, yeah. later too. But but uh, I mean. You know, so, but I think that's where W. If WWE wants to, you know, beat AEW, that's what they need to do. Almost yeah. like what they did in Attitude Era, where they went totally apeshit with their 
Yeah, with that's everything. the main thing for me is that I don't think that they really are bothered that much. I think uh, because otherwise they would have probably made moves to do something else. I don't even think that they're worried about like people still watching and shit like that because I think they're making money. Re- like because otherwise, if they, if they were really worried about it, then they would have probably came out on TV and said. Hey, we're going to change things. We're going to do this more for your guys' style like they did. And then actually change shit instead of just doing what they were doing the whole time. Oh, but I feel I like I. But I think they're. Oh, to all I know value, is that, To bring their value down. Yeah. Like, I honestly think that uh, there's going to be a lot of people in AEW soon. Like. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna be doing some fire matches and like just some like I'm I'm pretty much a lock for Lana gonna be in AEW to be with Miro, right? I can well, see makes Murphy the most of most sense. Well, I can see Murphy going too, but also at the same time I think he could do New Japan or Ring of Honor or like But I see I see Well shit. see or there's I've read rumors about WWE and New Japan working together. Yeah. So, um, now with Ruby Riot being released, Morgan, uh, yeah, I bet you. Like that's what uh, that's what I was thinking too. Just the other day, where uh, I was thinking about it because I watched a video too, and then they were talking about how she was interviewed this morning. And she was talking about that she wanted to be used more with Ruby Riot, and then they released Ruby Riot. <laughs> like, yeah. So leave Morgan. Liv Morgan's probably like, "What the fuck am I gonna do now?" <laughs> like, when is well, that's that what I'm. That's who she teamed with. Is her yeah. gimmick gonna be? Like because I mean... Sarah Logan's gone now. Like I could see like the the War Raiders getting released. I could see so many people getting released just because they're not using them now. If Braun was released, then I I think that there most of the fucking roster is like up for release, right? That they could probably release just about anybody if they felt like it now. And that's mostly why I wanted to comment on it while it's like ha- happening, knowing that it just came out this morning or whatever. So it's like, uh, eh, might as well talk about it on the podcast too. Just how crazy it is. The total number of active is just seven. Yeah. With these releases. And supposedly they were talking about bringing Santana Garrett up onto SmackDown, too. That they were going to have her on SmackDown. So so that's crazy. So let's see if we can name them. So we know Naomi, right? Yep. No. Um, oh shit! And then probably and, uh, on, uh, Sa- Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair were on yeah SmackDown. Sasha right? Banks, so, Bianca Belair, that's six. And then Ooh. and then Bailey. Already, what the fuck? So uh, Naomi, Sasha Banks, um, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, those are the Good seven God. people they've got on their SmackDown. And how are you supposed that- to be doing a tag team? <laughs> a women's yeah, how do you tag have team? A- uh, and- with only seven <laughs> women on the roster. Like, there's, like, nobody to feud with. You would have to bring yeah. somebody up, like Io Shirai, or... Like Raquel Gonzalez or like Dakota Kai or something, and then have the point of them releasing them too. Which anyhow, we can, for, like okay, I'm we'll gonna do another go podcast on this. Yeah, like I'm gonna go off on to like the AEW now, just mostly because you can t- tell a vast contrast before this, and I I think. I was talking about it to y'all in, in, in private, where uh, I was like, it seems like I'm trying to bait Jim Cornette to block me because he was bitching about 
the double or nothing. And it was about the stadium stampede match, right? And it was hilarious to me because he, it showed it was breaking kayfabe, right? Where it was all the guys that was in stadium stampede and the team, like I guess the team coach and stuff that was in the last match, right? They were all like looking back at the video footage of, the, of them winning or something like that. This was probably like hours later or something. And they took a picture and then he's like, this is a trash company and this and that. So I was like, really? Do you have a life? Like, uh, all you do is bitch at this company for just doing what they want to do? Like, we've talked about how it has contrast to WCW. And it does kind of have stuff that's like it. Like, well, you know, I know that's most like it is what they're, how they're building their roster. That's where, like WCW did, they had their few people, you know, they picked off the people. Yeah, the only yeah, thing you know, that's different, for, like, the only well, thing well, that's the different first, to me is that they didn't have huge moments where it was, like, the Lex Luger moment, right? Where it was, like, because that was kind of a huge deal in WCW, like, when there was, like, the first episode of... Monday Nitro. Oh, that was my speaker, I guess. It turned off. But, like, uh, what's it called? It was the first episode of Nitro, I think, where it was in the Mall of America, and they had him just show up, and I think he just left WWE. So they were supposed to be doing some huge, shocking thing, and they never really did that with AEW. Like, really, the main people that I think was, like, the shocking one was Sting, that showed up well that was shocking but what i'm getting at is like just you know when uh drew uh not drew uh dean ambrose or john moxley left they picked him up yeah so they're the, and then you know that at some point they started picking off other people so when rusev got released they picked up miro when uh luke harper or brody lee got released they picked him up I mean, so, you know, it was like they're getting the, uh, most of their roster from WWE, and that's basically what WCW did. Yeah. The only thing different is that they are actually using the people. I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah. I can't say that well, every, everybody's been hits or misses, too. Like, I mean, they were doing some good stuff with Brody Lee at one point, and it looked like they were trying to do some stuff, but they just never really did. But, uh, well, that's just what I'm referring to is that type of stuff where it's kind of the, you know, it reminds me a lot of when we started watching Nitro because it was all the other guys. And this seems like the same thing. Like everybody that's getting released from WWE shows up on AEW. Well, well I mean, to, to the thing for that is that I could see. And like, I don't know where else they could go at the same so time, much. though. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's only so many places, and probably the biggest one that they could probably do is either AEW or New Japan. Like those are the two options, and pretty much John Moxley is doing both. But I so, think it's good that AEW is getting well, better. I mean, that's the and that's the main thing with this pay per view too. And uh, like, I guess there was a kickoff. Uh, I'm guessing that it was a buy-in. Well, yeah, Serena Deeb defeated Rio. Which, I mean, like, Serena Serena Deeb hasn't done a match to me where I was just like, fuck, this was awesome. I mean, she's had good matches. She's had good matches, but, like, some botches in there Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, the one later on was, was superb. I loved it. But, uh, but like, uh, what's it called? This one? I don't know. If I watched it, I would have probably been like, eh, it's okay. Right? Well, I'm not a tiny girl that, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I don't like watching her wrestle. So I, do I you have... uh, do you like Maki Ito, though? That's the thing. It's because they're yeah, both she's different. Similar. Yeah, but she's different, though. Maki Ito is a little bit bigger. Yeah, I think she's funnier and, like, 
I think that's the main thing for me is that she's kind of like in our day and age where kayfabe isn't real, right? Where like nobody believes it anymore because that suspension of reality is different, right? So not everybody, I'm like everybody knows it's pretty much a job for most of the people. So like when you see pictures of them like being like proud of what they put on, like it doesn't bother me. It's like same with like when Braun was in a feud with Roman, and then all of a sudden they put out a picture where Braun and Roman were in the same picture. It's like it doesn't bother me. And when people bitch about it, it's fucking pointless because it's like you already know that nobody fucking believes in this shit except for maybe kids, right? Because well, and that's what I was talking about. Thing I was talking about with Braun with. I know we're going back to that again, but Braun was so believable in the pull over a stage on top of Brock Lesnar, and I'm going to flip over a semi-truck, and I'm going to lift up an ambulance, and shit like that, that it made it hard to believe when he would lose to, like, Dolph Ziggler. It's like, what the, you know, that type of shit. It's like, what the hell? It would be like having to be off of a roll-up, and it's like, really, is it really helping Dolph Ziggler to lose... Or to win off of a roll-up. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, like, really, it so, doesn't really help both guys. Really, no, it didn't help. Well, it, it killed Braun. I mean, that's what it did. It ultimately killed him, and so it never made him the power. They never did really anything with him after that. Yeah, I mean, it's like I think that they were trying to do good stories at the time. But then they didn't really have the hundred percent backing. That they, they should have continued. Probably. They should have continued yeah. with Braun. Braun had the body, <laughs> had the package, had our. He was believable in this monster. P. Builded that. I mean. Well, hopefully, I mean that's a main now, thing. With if he Braun, goes to Braun AEW, going for the title in AEW day one. Yeah, he can show and up. well, and he like, can destroy. He the, can be worse than Miro to me. Like, literally anybody he faces in AEW, he squashes. Oh yeah, that's literally like, how. Just imagine the matches that he could do with Lance Archer, and like talk about the Murder Hawk Monster versus the Monster Among Men. That would be right. a dope ass fucking match. Yeah, like I would love to see that shit. I would love to see him with like pretty much everybody in the roster. That's what, like, oh, just the stories that you could tell. Like him and Brian Cage, I think, knowing that we might as well start talking about the opening match, Adam yeah. Page versus Brian Cage. I definitely like this match. I'm like, I'm a huge like, Adam Page fanboy, though. Like, um, like, the way that he does his uh, ring stuff and everything, like, he tells good stories in the ring and wrestles his ass off every time I see him. So, like, I know that he would do good matches with anybody. Like, let, um, with all the WWE releases, if they went to AEW and did matches, I would love to see them at least wrestle him at least once. I would like, agree. And one thing I wanted to point out, and I've said it, that AEW has done brilliantly to me, is the timing of their matches. Like, how long their matches go for. I know this pay-per-view yeah. was almost four hours long. It was like three hours and minutes or something like that. But yeah, the Miro's other match was over ten minutes long. And Miro's one didn't have to be super long too. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like no, because they're playing that whole. Mir- we'll get to it, but but Miro is this monster. He's that monster that I was kind of talking. Really, WWE should have done the same thing with him. Yeah, and they did. They started to up with it. They started to when he was the Bulgarian brute, and then they stopped. Yeah, and, and they killed they it when I think the... Cena beat him or something. Or yeah, some... Cena beat him, and then they didn't know what to do with him. So then they, uh, I think that was around the time that Dolph Ziggler started dating Lana. In kayfabe or whatever, yeah, which was stupid, yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. And like, I already know that they would end up doing some great matches with it. Like, the only thing is, like, what else could he do except for like, like, he could totally like Braun could totally take places with uh Brian Cage 
and Team FDW, right? Because pretty much in this match, they were just explaining. Because at first, I remember we were talking about uh, during. I see Braun being uh, a good leader of dark of the Dark Order, though. Yeah, true that. But uh, what's it called? Like uh, they were doing stuff where Brian Cage was doing the. He had the FTW title, and they're pretty much trying to push him face. I thought that they were trying to, I guess they were doing it a little bit slower, and they wanted to build to double or nothing where they did the turn, where you thought that uh, Paige was going to, I figured that that's what they were going to do, that they were going to have Paige go over and beat him. But, like, I like the way that they did it, where, like, he just didn't want to cheat, and then eventually Paige beat him. And then they're showing dissension between Team FDW, which I think eventually either somebody's going to be debuting that's going to be bigger and destroy Brian Cage and take the belt off of him. Because I could see that happening. Like Taz just being like, fuck you, I'm taking the belt. And then he puts him into the and pretty much kicks him to the dirt. And then he tries to do his own singles thing after this. But, I mean, you never know. But, like, for what it was, it was good. Like, I liked uh, probably one of my favorite matches of the whole card, though. Like, Yeah, my favorite uh, was, like, the, uh, the Casino Battle Royale. But, yeah, this one was good. And, like I said, I like the storyline behind it. Or, like you said. Um, don't mind my dog whining in the background, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's su- a super good anyway. So, and the one thing that uh, kills me about okay, so pretty much the young bucks now, it seems like they're super douches, yeah. Much. And they they basically during this match, they did they mocked a bunch of WWE wrestlers. Yeah, I'm wondering if their ring gear was kind of what they were kind of making fun of Seth Rollins' gear for, or the little outfit that he came out with. That's what it was making me look, uh, making it look like. Was yeah, the cheap the... knockoff version of the suit that he wore where it looked like watercolors on his shirt or like yeah. paint dripping down. That's what it looked like. But then it even said headband on their headbands. Pocket yeah, no, on the yeah. pockets, <laughs> and then it said champion like on the thigh too, and then even it said like on the jacket that they were like from Rancho Cucamonga and all that stuff like on their jacket. Well, there was another part where it said type. Oh yeah, that's what I was like. So what it's the like hell are they yeah, wearing? and so it just seems like they're being complete. Like, Kenny Omega's an asshole, right? Just doing whatever, trying to be, like, the main title belt collector guy. And then uh, the Young Bucks just turned into, like, mega douches. Where they're, like, they even go onto Twitter and change their bio, like, every day or something like that. And then they'll retweet their tweet about new bio and then add new bio to it. <laughs> like, it's just like super douchey stuff. Really taking the heel. Yeah, at least they're above. taking it. Yeah, they're taking it very, very seriously. Even mocking like it was kind of funny. We were talking about during this match where I guess it's going to be a thing with John Moxley coming out to Wild Thing the whole time where that's going to be his ring theme from now on, I guess, which is kind of weird. I still don't think that it fits his character, but whatever. Yeah, I think I liked his whole thing better. Yeah. But, uh, what's it called? So, it was hilarious knowing that Eddie Kingston and John Moxley came out with the shoes that they stole off of him. Like, <laughs> one of the weeks before. Yeah, that was funny. Know. What he threw when he first he threw something across yeah, the audience. I, I was assuming that it was, uh, like, from what I heard, is that he threw something into the audience, like a chair or something into the audience. Like, that's what people were saying, that when he was coming into the ring, he grabbed, like, a chair or, like, an inflatable thing and flung it into the stands. 
But uh, I mean, I wasn't sure. Like they they said that it was real quick, so I didn't even see it until afterwards. But I thought it was funny how they did the doomsday device with the shoe, <laughs> bonking it off a head, off of I, I don't remember whose face. But uh, the funny thing was was they were doing Macho Man mocking and all sorts of shit. And then I was sitting there and I was like, is uh, Nick trying to look like he's Macho Man? Like when they were mocking around? That's why I said he yeah, was mocking was a like, bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. Because they did the sh- uh, Roman thing, you know, the yeah. shield thing later on. They did that. They did. Yeah, uh, he did Macho funny, Man. Like, it was just He did Hulk Hogan at one point with the head, with the, with the hand yeah, waving yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I understood that, but like I was just looking at Nick and I was like, is he trying to look like he's Macho Man? Like, because the beard was like badly like colored in where it's like looked like Macho Man, like kind of like I don't know. It was just weird. But like this match was cool too. And I guess Brandon Cutler is a heel now too, where like we were talking about how he sprays cold spray on them now, which is fucking so stupid. But uh, yeah. So, but it, it adds to the doucheness, you know. Cause, yeah, like it's like uh, by their muscles hurt. They yeah. spray it on there to make them feel better. Anyways, it's just adding to that whole yeah douchiness like factor. Level, yeah. yeah, like which I could understand that, but also at the same time, it makes me cringe super hard. I'm just like, oh my god. But yeah, like the the ending was cool. I liked how, like some people are saying that he's and like Mox is gonna have some time off, but they've been saying that for a while now. Where I think they were talking. No, Renee has the baby. He's gonna. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, like yeah, that's I mean, it's just like I Cody we Rhodes probably here shortly because I think Cody Rhodes. I think Brandy had the baby like yesterday or today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or anyway, or she's out of the hospital with the baby, so he'll probably be taking time off, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so many people have been giving Cody, like, giving him shit for, like, everything that he's doing, too, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, like, uh, so, yeah, that was a good thing anyway, and it went 20 minutes, which it seemed like it should have went 20 minutes anyway with what they did. If you look at the timing of it, the timing was appropriate for every match. Yeah. Like, wasn't too long, wasn't too short. Like, even the Casino Battle Royale, I didn't expect. Like, at first, I thought it was going to be Christian the whole time that made it from number one to the last one. Maybe they did it on purpose, too, because, like, they changed it at the time to make it not seem like the Edge Royal Rumble turn, like from Royal Rumble where he lasted at first place and then he lasted the whole time. Maybe they did it on purpose like that because they didn't want people to be like, oh. But, like, it was cool knowing that Jungle Boy won. I lo- the, Dude, the one thing is, is that I love crowds being back, though, fucking finally, because the crowd was just amped the fuck up oh yeah i mean matches yeah it'll be interesting to see when wwe actually starts having on live events again when in july yeah yeah like to to see 16th i think is when they start to see how it changes their whole dynamic because i think that's part of oh man like it just was crazy like they were chanting like crazy they uh what was it they they gave Eddie Kingston a huge pop when he came out. Like, I mean, everybody loves John Moxley right now anyway, so that's not really a surprise. But they cheered, like, Evil Uno coming out. Like, they were cheering, like, a bunch of people that you just didn't expect. Like, I didn't expect that they were going to be cheering certain people, especially when they were, like, heels, too. But, like, I loved what Jungle... Funny that Leo Rush was the surprise. It's like, really, Leo Rush? Yeah. Like, but, I mean, it's good for Leo Rush anyway. Like, I mean, I think he's been focused more on his music, it seems like, lately. Which I haven't heard any of his music, but, like, it might be good. I don't know for sure. But, uh... But, 
it seemed like a bit awkward too at the uh, during the match. He was only in there for like a couple minutes, but like most of his moves were very awkward. It seemed like it was like he was trying to be fast but precise at the same time. It was just like, yeah, yeah, it was a little slow, like like he was fast as shit, and then. It was just like trying to do the certain like moves. that stunner. I think the stunner he tried to hit, he missed. Oh yeah, he like didn't grab him or whatever. Like I think he like had his hand like over his head or something. But uh, yeah. So Jungle Boy won that, so that was awesome. I, I'm, I don't think that he's gonna win it off of Kenny Omega though, and it'll probably be on an episode of Dynamite. But that would be cool though, if they give him like the at least they give him a. A chance to that's the one thing i like about AEW though is that they give like uh people that you don't expect to have title shots they give them title shots like even if you don't think that they're gonna get it at least they could be highlighted in like a main event or whatever you know which that's the one thing that i was surprised about on this because what was it like uh four or five matches in like i thought that the main title match was going to be going on last, and then the stadium stampede was going to be in between it, like uh, like the second to last match or something, and then it was the opposite, which I thought was weird. But the main one that a lot of people shitted on was the Cody Rhodes versus uh, a Go Go match. Like that's because Anthony Agogo to me is not a very good wrestler. See, he was all right to me for, like, how much he was in the match, right? Like, he didn't botch a whole lot. But a lot of people were giving shit to Cody for winning. When, like, it it actually made sense for Cody to win, you know? It does make sense for him to win because of the whole QT Marshall thing. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I understand that you're trying to do something with the the factory. I think that's what they're called, right? It's just called the factory or something. Yeah, but Anthony Gogo is uh, not going to be the main guy as part well, of that Well, that's group. what I'm saying. I think that the main guy is going to be QT Marshall, right? And then all the other guys are in the background. So, like, and also at the same time, they haven't built up most of these guys to really do anything. The only thing I think that that, that new guy reason... with the with the beard, but that's that's it's funny if Braun shows up, he he'll he'll be the biggest guy on the roster, regardless of all yeah. these little guys. I mean, but I can see him show. with Jake Hager. Well, yeah, but Big Show yeah. is more of a commentator now. Yeah. Same so with like Mark Henry. They just announced that Mark Henry was in there too. <sighs> so well, yeah, he'll be a uh, he'll be a person on a uh, commentator on Rampage, which seems kind of weird. Now that they're getting all these uh, retired wrestlers, I guess you could say, because I guess Mark Henry is retired now. But they're commentators. All commentators. Well, that's what I'm saying. At least they're having to make uh, make them commentators. They're not doing what WCW did and brought Ric Flair in in his 50s, and he was like one of the main wrestlers. Or Hulk Hogan, same thing. Yeah. That's where I said they're differing slightly from WCW. They are picking off the uh, WCW guys, but they're using them in the right manners, I think. The only one I can say that's kind of weird, and we'll talk about it later, is because yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, we'll talk about it when we get to that match. But I have some opinions on that match today, or on this one specifically. Well, the main thing was I think that most of the shit that they were talking about was unwarranted because it's like, oh, they're like he's like Triple H. No, he's not. The the I think the main reason why they had him do the American Dream thing was because it was happening on Memorial Day weekend. And they were trying to be like, American Dream, you know, like, and I love his ring gear. other dude was from Britain. That's why they well, did it, too. Saying. They didn't really highlight that much where it was like a go-go trying to be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a foreign heel type shit. They didn't do any of that. He, he came out of a promo saying about, like, he loves being from America and this and that, and then he's like, 
one night I'm not going to be American Nightmare. I'm going to be American Dream, right? And his ring gear was, I, I fucking, I loved his ring gear. A lot of people were talking about that he was like kind of like Highlander from The Boys, but I was like, no, it doesn't look the same. Totally not the same. Don't be judging that. Like it's pretty much his ring gear, just with American, uh, American shit throughout the whole thing. I just thought that it was just perfect for what they were doing. But uh, well, I mean, technically, if you look neck, it's an American skull. Yeah. So, so this whole thing, he had that tattoo up on his. Uh, in his uh, tight, whatever you would call it, his his Titantron or Jumbo, whatever you want to call it, his entrance thing, mm-hmm. it, it was up there. So it's like, who gives a flying fuck? I think sometimes people read too much into shit. Like, yeah, they try to uh, they try to think that he overbooks shit or like he wins too much. I'm like, dude, he ain't even in the title picture right now. No, I can tell you who I think wins too much. There's two of them right now. Kenny Omega is one of them. And I think the other one is the young bucks. I think they need to lose more often. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that the young bucks should have lost this match too. I didn't comment that before, but it looks like maybe it's because they're getting the time off. But like, I would have thought that this would have been a perfect time to, for them to drop it. But I mean, it is what it Cody is. Cody Rhodes dropped the team to freaking Darby Allen, so I don't. He wins too much. Well, I mean, Kenny Omega, I don't think to Brody Lee in a squash yeah. match. Then it back, but then instantly dropped it to Darby Allen. Yeah, and he I mean, even did a thing where he can't even challenge for the main title. Yeah, so it's like, okay, what are you trying to talk about? Like overbooking, dude. Like, and people are trying to put more shit into stuff that isn't there. That's pretty much what I think about it. Like, Miro makes perfect sense for him to have the T and TNT title, and I liked how. At first, it seemed like they were turning Lance Archer heel with Darby Allen, but it looked like they were already having plans for Miro to take the belt off of Darby Allen because how they were having Lance Archer come out and he's like, your time's up and this and that. And instantly, as soon as Darby Allen lost, it's like they dropped it and had him get into this match with Lance Archer. So I think it was like instantly they had it planned. That's the main thing with AEW too. They don't. It doesn't seem like they have long-term booking in their th- a strong suit, right? Like they think about certain uh, ideas, like they have ideas for Hangman Page and like Kenny Omega and stuff. But most of the uh, other people, like Miro and stuff like that, it seems like uh, they do a lot of things off the cuff. Like they're sitting there and they're like, you know what, we're just gonna end up dropping this well i feel this early in their in their life cycle because they're picking up people they kind of have to be dynamic because like let's see what happens like with these releases in wwe what if they snagged half of them yeah you have to kind of be dynamic in your booking because what are you going to do with all the new people that you just picked up you know i mean it's a good thing now that they're having all their other shows now well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it opens them up to having, but you know what I would like to see them do, and WWE should be doing the same, especially when you consider, like what I was saying earlier with SmackDown only having seven women. There shouldn't be different rosters on different shows. Every person yeah. should travel between each show, especially right now. There's no reason they can't because they're all in the same place right now. Yeah. So you can change that dynamic quick and like nxt people show up on smackdown smackdown people show up on raw raw people show up on smackdown and then you don't have this predictability factor of who's gonna wrestle on raw yeah somebody's not gonna be like hey what type of match (laughs) oh it's gonna be drew versus bobby lashley again oh okay yeah, you know. <laughs> like, hey, I've done it five times. Hey, let's do it again. It's like, you know, yeah. hey, hey, let's have Bron- Baron Corbin go against Shinsuke for his crown 
like five fucking times before they drop this feud. It's like uh, once you're in a feud with Baron Corbin and you pretty much do nothing. It seems like the last time that anybody did anything with Baron Corbin and actually made it out was Roman. <laughs> it seems like every other time it's like Elias, pretty much Shane, all of these people just pretty much do nothing after they're in with shit with Baron Corbin, which, uh, man, good Lord. Oh yeah. Shit mentioned and with Miro. This match went nine minutes and 50 seconds, which again, out of all the matches on the card, this is the one that should have went fast because of the way they've been booking Miro. Miro's been this dominant freak, and they booked it appropriately. So, And that's how it should have been, too. He doesn't need to end up having uh, what's-his-face Kip with him. He doesn't need Penelope. He just needs to go out there and beat the shit out of people and then tell him that he's going to beat the shit out of you. Uh, we can almost guarantee come out to the ring. Lana will show up soon. Yeah, I definitely think that during, like, All Out or something, it would be hilarious if, like, him and or her and uh, Aiden English came in, and then they're like, Happy Miro Day or something, and then, like, both of them came out. And it would be funny if he destroyed, like, Aiden and English. He's like, I don't need you. <laughs> But uh, it seems like Aiden English is fine doing his uh, Twitch stuff lately anyway. But uh, pretty much, I really enjoyed this match. And it looked like the next one was uh, Britt Baker versus Sheeta, right? And finally, finally did uh, they pulled the trigger on Britt Baker. And I loved her ring gear. I loved how they even had the stuff where they even changed her out... Uh, titantron or well i guess her video or entrance video and they added it with the blood and stuff where it was like her pulling teeth and shit that was fucking dope as shit when she came out and it looked kind of like an homage to um scott hall's ring gear but like flashier and i was just like yeah that is fucking dope like, if she comes out like that all the time, or like, or at least for now, just showing like how badass that she could be, I was like, yeah, this is dope. I was like, please drop the title. That's what I her. said. That was the best thing that she ever. Uh, match where she was bleeding all over the place. Yeah. Because and like, she oh, could man. use it. And there she's doing it. She's using it in her merch. Like, not even her, yeah. interest, not only her interest where her face is on it all bloodied up yeah 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 and so i mean she's using it and she should be because again i think that's probably my favorite match all year long out of anybody so far yeah and this one this was like the way that it's going she is like my hands down my favorite like female on on aw's roster right now well i mean her promos are freaking killer Regardless of yeah. who she's talking about, I mean, because when she gets involved with Tony Schiavone and then talking about people, I mean, I heard her talking about WWE. I don't remember exactly what she said at this point, but it was like, holy shit! It's like she she said yeah, she, she, she actually said that. She, <laughs> yeah, like there were certain points where they were like, oh yeah, another place is going to come calling to me, but they should already been calling for me. And shit like that. It was like right after yeah, the was... Rosa match, where she came in and she was like, "You, you should have been paying attention. You think that it was for you? No, it was for me. I showed all you people that you needed to be watching me. Pretty much, essentially that. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what she was saying. And that's what I was like, dude. That's what she needs to do all the time." Yeah, and this is dope as shit, and and even with the cheating involved and all that stuff, everything was paced perfectly in this match, or at least in the beginning it was kind of stumbling a little bit, but like everything was pacing. It was the problem is that anytime that yeah, anytime that rebel gets involved, I was talking about it off off the podcast when we were watching it. That rebel is a shit wrestler, and she's not really good even like as a helper so that's the only problem i see having her involved in shit i don't think Britt baker really needs it but 
Yeah. I think but, really at the end of the day, pretty much he's only there as like backup. And even then it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a good person. Probably maybe Rico, because it seemed like Rico was horrible when he was a manager role. Like he fucked up like all the time. Or at least last thing that I remember from him. But like that's why I was like and, and especially I I felt so happy for Britt Baker, especially when Tony Schiavone, they were like, oh, Tony Schiavone left the the ringside and the, uh, the desk to go, like, talk to her and stuff. And then you could see, like, the emotion that she had when she was, like, she was still trying to play a heel. And then she's hugging onto him. And he's like, yeah, good job, blah, 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 like, the whole time. I was like, yeah, that's good for her. Like, I mean, like, this was much deserved because I definitely thought that she was, like, top tier uh champion material like the whole time when i first saw her too. oh yeah she probably would have had it earlier except she got she didn't injured. Get injured yeah yeah, yeah. like if she didn't get injured she would have probably had it more and she would have probably been a face going against Madeline rose too like yeah because talk Person about like, i'm glad not to see very often yeah, like, I, I wonder what's going on with Natalie Rose, if they just don't have anything for her right now, or what. I don't like but, watching her wrestle, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know. She's okay to me. I mean, like, she can have decent matches, but I don't know. Something's missing with her, though. But, uh, what's it called? But definitely, I think that's one of my highlights. There was, like, a lot of good matches, though. Like, the like that's the one thing that is consistent with AEW. As most of their matches are always good, like uh, like we've done what? Yeah, like, I would say. This so yeah, far? yeah, and but did not care for the match we're getting ready to talk about. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, and norm and normally I'm a huge Darby Allen fan, but I feel Sting was overused in this match. Much. Yeah, and you could tell that he's not young anymore. In this match, you could tell, like, or at least I could, the pace of the match down. It was 12 minutes long. It seemed longer. And I think it was because of the pacing, and it kind of, this was one that bored me. And normally, Darby Allen doesn't bore me. And this one, I had a hard time watching it. Yeah, I could agree. I mean, like, I just don't want him to be used in a wrestling capacity so much just for like a sting to be okay. Right. Like, I don't really like, it's one thing when it's kind of like taker, right. How they had him in the boneyard match and stuff like that. And I just don't want him to have like another moment, like with the Seth thing happening where I just feel bad that he got injured for something. I mean, it had cool moments in it. Like I thought the suplex, where he no sold it, it was behind Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky had that uh, look on his face. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. But yeah, again, like, there, did I need to see him jump off the top rope though? Like and do the uh, what's it called? Uh, and just uh, man, damn it, just jump on top of them and stuff. Nah, not really. And it didn't I mean, look very like, good. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It. It's mostly because like I'm worried. Like, now I'm at the end of time where I just get worried about other people getting injured. And then it's just like, when he's that old, I just worry. Like, and people say the whole, he, uh, uh, what's it called? What's the chant? Where it's like, you could still do it or whatever the fuck. Uh, you still have it. Like, it's like, yeah. It's like, fucking motherfucker, of course he has it. Like, you ain't gonna fucking lose that shit when you're doing it for, like, 30 years. You ain't gonna lose that shit. Sure, you're gonna be a bit rusty, but you ain't gonna lose that shit, so shut up. That's one chant that I could care less about. But you'll, be, you'll look a lot slower doing it. That's, well, it's yeah, like Undertaker at the though. end. It was the same thing. You know, you could tell he was old. Well, like that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, like that's minutes. what I'm just saying, that it doesn't really... Uh, and just the one chant that I really do not care to hear whenever I'm watching a show. But yeah, of course they ended it the way that they should have ended it, which is Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky losing. So that was a quick thing. But then the the next match, it really shows, holy shit, how 
Orange Cassidy is going to be uh, same with Pac. I think Pac will eventually be AEW champion. But I think the way that they're booking Orange Cassidy is going to make him fucking faster than Pac is. I definitely think that if they keep pushing Orange Cassidy the way that they are, he's going to be AEW champion in like a couple of years, at least. The way that they're booking him. And this match was... Oh, awesome. the, book, yeah. Yeah, the way they're booking him now, and this was my favorite match. Yeah, it was just fucking awesome. They had way too many good moments but, in it. But I could tell you it wasn't because of Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega tends to do the same shit almost every time he wrestles. Well, yeah. He almost reminds me of D- D- how Dean Ambrose was in WWE, where you could almost... Oh, here's that... Who's that move again? Oh, here's that move again. You know, Orange Cassidy... He he tends, um, but he kind of flips the script with the whatever like, stuff I'd that like he does. The, yeah, the main thing for me why Orange Cassidy works is like it's whenever it's a regular match, it's like man, fuck this, I don't give a shit. Like he fucks, and it's like he's fucking with the people that he's wrestling against, right? That's what I mean, and he, it but, can like, change depending but, upon how he does it, yeah. like. And it's like he wants the championship, so he actually busts his ass. That's the one thing that I liked about it. Is knowing that it was like you knew that he cared about wanting to be the damn champion, so he was busting his ass from the get go. He didn't stop. Like as soon as they started, he was going. Like because most of the time it'll take him a while to get set up. Like when he went against Pack a couple of times, or when he went against Chris Jericho. It was like he was doing his usual stick, and then it was building to him uh, doing the crazy stuff that he usually does or the faster pace stuff. But this one, he instantly went to it. And it's like that's the main thing about his storytelling that I like so much is that it was like it just showed that he was taking it seriously. Most of the other times, he doesn't take it seriously. But this time it was different, right? Because he wanted the belt. And that's why I thought everything was perfect. The championship, hitting him with the uh, the championship so many times and doing all the shit that they were doing throughout the whole entire match, it made sense. It made sense to, for you to hate Kenny Omega. It made sense for people to go crazy for Pac and Orange Cassidy. It just made sense completely for what they did in this match. And that's why I loved it so much. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> match and, and like before. I'm not a huge Kenny Omega fan. I don't really like the fact that he's got all these damn belts right now. But I know it's adding to the whole heel factor he's pushing. But um, he doesn't need to have all of them. I mean, it's like flipping. Well, anyway. I mean, he's had the triple, the triple A uh, one for. So he's got like what five belts now, or something like that. He was wearing yeah, like I think five it's belts. Four. Technically, two of them are the unified belts for Impact, because um, it was Moose versus Will Swan. They did that to unify their Impact Championship and their. It called the TNA Championship, I think was, I can't remember both names, but they had those as separate belts, but then they combined them before they did the Kenny Omega uh, champion versus champion match. So technically three of those or two of those are the same belt. They, it's kind of like the world, like when they did the unified world heavyweight and WWE championship at one point. It's pretty much the essential, uh, essentially the same thing that they were wearing both belts, even though that's the same belt. And then the other one is the Triple A. Uh, I can't remember the actual name of the championship, and he's had that for a year and a half or something. He's had it for a while. He would have probably dropped it a while ago, but since the pandemic and stuff, like I'm sure that they weren't doing a lot of shows so they just had him with it for a while like they even had him do a couple of matches with the belt on AEW television at one point so 
I think that's mainly why he has four right now. Since technically it's three, but still. But yeah, still highly praised this match, and it's the longest match, or other than the inner circle match, the stadium stampede or whatever. Which, uh, oh, so that was the actual stipulation too. Is is if the man that kind of told the story. Yeah, if they lost, they would have been forced to disband. No, That's why it, it kind of fucking won. What the fuck? Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> yeah, that's I why mean, it was kind of it, that. That one was almost predictable, like what was going to happen. But also happen. at the same time, they should have had them lose. Okay. Yeah, I might as well like I gush about the last one enough. Anyway, unless you have any other things to talk about for it, as far as the uh, the. The, the triple threat match? No, the triple threat match. Triple threat match. Can you make a punk? And, oh, uh, no, I didn't have Kenny. anything else to say. Uh, like I said, it was the... I liked the match, uh, even though I don't like Kenny Omega. Orange Cassidy was... And Pac is Pac. Like, I still remember his, him as Neville. He's not much different. Yeah. In AEW, he's just... Yeah, He's pretty just much it's just guy, the king pretty of much. cruiserweights shit. Pretty much turned up to eleven. Like pretty much, I mean, not really, but I mean, it's closer to like who he probably is. I mean, it's probably not an asshole in real life, but it's probably close. Uh, I don't know. T- turned up. But to I was 11, getting. Really? I was talking more about his wrestling. The way he wrestles is pretty much. Oh the yeah, same. yeah, yeah. I figured um, that's what you meant, but yeah. <laughs> And, but, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I definitely think that this stadium stampede match went way too damn long. I can tell what they were trying to do, but, like, fuck. And, like, a lot of people, like, compared to this one, compared to the last one, the last one was way better. Like, you know, the one with the Elite versus uh, Inner Circle one, that was way better. Even though that they had a lot of callbacks in this one that was compared to the first one, like Sammy Guevara t- going down uh, for Sh- and Sean Spears when they were chasing him down with the golf cart. I thought that was hilarious. Even though that it's like, after this, you can't do it again. <laughs> a little long because they had a lot for each other's shit that might have Oh, not yeah, that's happen, what I'm but... saying. They had a lot of shit that they could have cut. Like, I thought it was funny with the stapling on the forehead of MGF at one point. And, and then the uh, the pile driver on the damn table, though. I was like, thank God he was protected on that damn thing. Because I was just, oh, Like, but, like, certain moments were cool. But, like, compared to the rest of the pay-per-view, it was like, this one, probably uh, the Cody Rhodes won a match. And uh, the Sting match were probably my least favorite out of all uh, all of them. And match was definitely my least favorite. This one was near the middle, I would say for me. Um, I would agree it was maybe a little too long, but not. And what not was as- up with the gay bar thing? Like I have to point that shit out. Like the outfits of the guys when they were in the nightclub. I'm saying this loosely nightclub part where like you don't put this together until you're like you when they first started out and everybody's fighting and this and that that's one thing but when they show up in the in the club and then you see that Cash and Dax and uh who's the other person I forgot the other person that was with them um not Sean Spears, but fuck. Who was the other person? Uh, was it Warlow? I can't or was it Tully Blanchard, was probably? Oh, Tully Blanchard. That, that's who it was. Yeah. With the bandanas on their neck. I thought that was weird as fuck. And then, like, even somebody called it out on Twitter where they took a picture of them being at the thing and they're like t- talking about kind of like them being at a gay bar. And it didn't really help. None of the music sounded like stuff that you're at a gay bar like <laughs> yeah i, I don't that first i don't know i i honestly oh, must have missed that part in watching the match maybe i oh 
Well, they came out and then eventually they were doing this thing where they all got together and did a drink. And then they cut to the DJ and Conan is the DJ. Oh, yeah. See, I saw the last part of that. Oh, I saw okay. where Conan. I must have yeah. walked out of the room. Yeah, because he was sitting there, and he was uh, because they were doing a thing where they saw them, like across the way, and they were drinking. And you know, like the FTR and Tully Blanchard probably drink a lot. They uh, they've showed them do that stuff, like in promos or whatever, where they just dr- like to drink and whatever. So. They they were showing them cut to them all the way across the way, and then I don't know. It's just the look of them. Like everybody dressed up the same, right? Like generally, like the whole team dressed up the same. They kind of dressed up with their own ring gear, but also with the stuff. But it was just weird with the bandanas around their neck, and it kind of reminded me of like uh, I'm trying to think of an old movie. They kind of reminded me at when you would see them from the eighties, the eighties getups when they were in, like uh, Police Academy, kind of like that, yeah, like yeah, where they were doing stuff like that. So like I was just sitting there, I was like, okay, no wonder why they said something, because somebody called it out and was like, ha, like, and they cracked the joke about being like at a gay bar or whatever, and I was like, that kind of makes sense now. And then, but like the whole thing was, they went up, they met up, they went and took a shot. Then they turned to their right, and then Conan's the DJ, and then they changed the music to like rap, I guess. uh, Yeah, that's where I, I think I walked out of the room and and came in right as that happened because I remember the Conan being the DJ part. Well, Conan was in the new reformed, reformed LAX with santana or and ortiz and he was like their boss or whatever like their main guy so it, it kind of made sense where conan showed up and he was only in there for that part i think too but like it was just weird and out of place i thought it was like the conan thing made sense but like i don't understand why they had to drink and all that stuff it was just weird and certain places were just weird for this match and then like where they ended it it was kind of weird how they all didn't meet up in the ring it was just only sean spears and sammy guevara and then sammy guevara got the win it was just weird because i would have thought that all of them would have been in the ring or something they would have led up to like everybody together but then they won and then everybody else showed up in the ring and they're like yeah we win it, and probably to me, if it would have like you kind of called how the match was, knowing that it was like if if they lost, they would break up. And I was like, maybe it would have probably been better if they would have lost, and then they would have had to do something better. That way, it was one less faction that they would have to worry about. And but they could also like introduce a new faction. Yeah, but to, they still have the opportunity have the to do that. That's what I was that. saying with the fact that they're dynamic right now like you said you don't know what's going to happen with all these wwe releases yeah i mean they do have another faction it's called dark the dark order that's kind of been hosed since brody passed yep it seems like they haven't really done anything with that since he's passed which not not as a faction they have i mean <laughs> yeah, they literally them losing to matt hardy yeah <laughs> Like, so. or like his crew because now the butcher and the blade are technically in with Matt Hardy now too where he's like the big money Matt and then he's like paying for their services and stuff or at least uh, that was the last thing I saw on BTE but uh, what's it called anyway it was still a good uh, pay per view anyway way better like, than way Backlash better than was w- that's what I'm saying. It's like most of their shit that like it makes me look forward to their pay-per-views. They take three months. They and they gotta pay less money to set up all this shit because you're not setting up shit every single month. It makes sense for you to end up having uh, certain big money matches on Dynamite, set, setting up the story, right? And then you have your final, like, big blow-off matches most of the time at the pay-per-views. 
it makes sense to end up doing that. And I definitely like how they do that on AEW. That, that's, and every time I've seen, like, we've seen three of them now and talked about them on podcasts. And each one I highly praise over WWE pay-per-views, which we see every month and talk about every month. And I would still, hands down, much rather see AEW pay-per-views compared to the WWE ones. <laughs> Except for on certain moments. Like, certain moments are cool, but especially the way that it's going where there's going to have nobody there. I'm not looking forward to the next few months at WWE. Yeah, I mean, it'll be if, interesting to see what their plans are with all these releases. Because Roman's going to have the belt out. for a, three years. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, rumor is John Cena's coming back to face him at SummerSlam, though. Uh, like I need to <laughs> fucking see that shit. Put <laughs> the table versus. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna talk about China and backtrack. Hold on, Taiwan is not a country. I mean, I apologize. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, I guess we. Uh... But anyway, yeah, we might as well end it here. Thank you for listening to if you made it this far. We were going to do the Ava Marie episode first, but then uh, we realized Double or Nothing was like right around the time, so we decided to do Double or Nothing first. But that'll be the next podcast. We'll be shitting on Eva Marie. So that yep. should be like next week or something like that. So thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. And um, I guess we will talk to you in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Hello, everyone. This is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. It also, you can make your money from with your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested... Just go to the app in the uh, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andro- uh, anchor.fm. Thank you, and have a good day. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you can check out all of our social media accounts, which is The Heart of Geek, and our Twitch channel is Heart of Geek. If you guys wanted to leave any comments or questions uh, relate towards our Facebook page, Instagram, or anything else that you could possibly leave a comment and recommend us anything else to do in the meantime. And for all of that, thank you for enjoying wrestling with the Willies.